Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerds, Gary Price. How's it going? Matt O'Hara. How dare you? I know this, that felt This weird. guy sitting next to me, Jared, uh, Jared Wackerly. What up? We're here on our first remote podcast talking uh, NFL draft uh, a couple days early. Like we promise we get the show out early uh, so we can talk to these rookies, kind of draft results. In this first episode, we are going to do a quick Superflex rookie mock draft to kind of give you an idea where we all value these players. We're going to keep that analysis to a little bit of a minimum. So we'll let the player draft the guy, give a quick uh, reason why, and then move on. And then the next episode, we will actually break down these rookies, ones we like, ones we don't, we, where we think there's a tier break in each value, what players we think you could trade for, a lot to get into. Um, so a fun draft and some really good value. I think some of us might be a little disappointed where the running backs all ended up uh, as a whole and some of these receivers get a little bit shake up at the top in the second round of the draft. Uh, so it's going to be interesting where you guys slot these guys in your overall draft picks. Before we get into that, I got to tell you about our friends over at Underdog. They just launched the other day, Best Ball Mania, which gives you an opportunity to win up to $3 million. We know the person that won $2 million last year. So there is possible for you to come away by going to Underdog, signing up, using the promo code NERDS, draft a team, don't touch it, just watch it afterwards in the season, and see if you can win $3 million. And listen, I know not everybody needs it, but I could go for a cool three mil right now. I already put in two teams, so I'm I'm ready. Yeah, you're working your way up. I'm getting in there too. I've been been, uh, waiting because I want to... Maybe I'll sit down and concentrate. So as soon as I get home, boom, I'm in the league. So check them out. Underdog Fantasy. Get in the app. Draft a team today. Win up to $3 million. Over $15 million in prizes. And if you use the promo code NERDS, we're going to give you a free membership to the Nerd Herd for a full year. $70 value right there. All you got to do is deposit $10. If you're an existing Nerd Herd member, we'll send you the most comfortable t-shirt in the world. In the world. Promo code NERDS. Underdog. Win major cash. You'll get your promo code within 24 hours. Okay, that sounds nice. That's quick, a speedy delivery. Yeah, so, people always ask. How are we going to go in this draft order? It's a super flex draft. Why don't we just go around? So Jared will go first, then you, then me, then Matt. That works for me. That'll be simple. All right, I'll take Bijan. Well, you got the easy pick. <clears throat> Am I on the clock? Yeah. You're on the clock. Right? It's super flex. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is a little bit of debate. Yeah, I mean, there are some people. I mean, I wouldn't fault anybody for taking Richardson 101, honestly. Yeah. But <clears throat> I'm still sticking with Bijan at 101 for sure. All right, well, at 1-2, I feel like this is pretty easy We're going for me. quick here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at 1-2, is a pretty easy pick for me. I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. Um, he's my quarterback one in one QB, and now he's actually become QB one in my super flex uh, rookies as well, where I had C.J. Stroud ahead of him before. And I can understand taking Bryce Young, but with Anthony Richardson, somebody who averages 6.5 yards per rush, that is the potential here of the number one overall fantasy football scorer. So in Superflex, with the the, st- the stand-ins of the quarterbacks as they are today, this is really good value. You'd expect him to go in the second round, high third round of startups right about now. Uh, you know, somebody who goes behind somewhat of a shaky line in Indianapolis, but the best quarterback in the draft at avoiding a rush and keeping plays alive. I think this is a really good spot with a good safety net, Michael Pittman Jr., him and Jonathan Taylor. For me in Superflex, I'm really happy here to get a high-end prospect in Anthony Richardson. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely the pick. I've I've gotten to the point too where I moved him up, and and I remember saying even in our like draft breakdowns, if he goes to the Colts with Steichen, like that's that's the spot. That's the spot for him. It's a perfect landing spot. So uh, he moved up to my my quarterback one as well, uh, which makes this one a little bit tricky. Uh, I have Young and Stroud just neck and neck. Uh, I did have Stroud a little bit higher in my pre-draft process, and I don't think either landing spot was far outweighed the other. So for in that case, I'm still going to go CJ Stroud uh, as the third pick in the draft. And uh, yeah, I think, I, I think he's just a hair safer. I mean, I like that pick. I, I don't know. I think I maybe, maybe flip-flopping those two in my ranks anyway. Um, so I, I'm going to sit here at four and be really happy and just get, you know, go right up to the podium, Bryce Young pretty quickly. Um, you know, number just, one pick. Yeah, number one pick in the draft. Obviously, all the cerebral stuff is there. The accuracy and all that kind of stuff is there. The only real question is the guy's size at five foot ten. Um, and I think they're going to have a plan to kind of move the pocket, all that kind of stuff, get him some lanes to throw the ball, and it should all work out, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, you hope so. Yeah, you hope yep. so. 50-50, baby. First four, pretty easy. It's yeah. Bijan in the, in right. the three quarterbacks. But at, at four to get the number one pick, <clears throat> right. that's a quarterback, I feel great about you that. You feel fantastic. Yep. Here's yeah. where it gets a little more interesting. It shouldn't be any more. It shouldn't. It, whatever combination it goes in that top four, that's the combination it should be, uh, realistically, or in super flex leagues. I mean, you got to take the value. You're talking about three guys with top five draft capital, so they're in there for the long haul to get the chance and opportunity. Yep. Same thing with the Richardson. It doesn't matter if his accuracy issues are off because – Cam Newton's accuracy issues were off. What he's going to the table, were, the investment, mm-hmm. Jim Irsay coming out and saying, I would take him number one overall. Like they're committed to Anthony Richardson for the next four to five years. So getting the number one overall pick and the number one, number two overall pick in QB needy teams. This is all really good value in the top four. Kind of shows you, it kind of at least backs up this class as being strong from a super flex aspect right there. And it's still going to stay strong with Garrett, Jared's pick here next. Yeah. So I'm back on the clock at one Oh five and, uh, it's basically like taking the 102 <clears throat> in one, one QB, QB leagues. Yeah. Pick remains the same as we did last last week in the pre-draft mock. It's Jameer Gibbs. We were not expecting that kind of draft capital for him Top at 12th 12. overall to the Lions. And <clears throat> initially, before they made the Swift trade, we were all like, what? What are they doing? But now that they've traded Swift um, to the Eagles, Gibbs and Montgomery are going to be splitting shares. It's going to be interesting to see like what that split looks like. I think Montgomery may be like the red zone guy and Gibbs is obviously going to be the pass catcher. Um, So first round draft capital for any running back historically has proven to be, you know, something you need to definitely bet on. Um, The hit rate there is just phenomenal. So uh, not much changes here for me from pre-draft to post-draft. Jameer Gibbs with first round draft capital. Yeah, we'll dig a little bit more into the next episode too about like what we think about him dynasty long value here, definitely in super flex value, but easily the easy pick there. I think, like he said, again, the one, two, Megan, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba here at one, six, it's the same concept, right? Like I'm getting my one, three, uh, potentially maybe in a different land spot of maybe a different situation. He still could have overtaken uh, Jameer Gibbs, but even in Seattle here, I had people message me on Twitter like, oh, aren't you worried about DK Metcalf? And I'm just like, absolutely not. Like, DK Metcalf can win with Tyler Lockett. He can certainly win with Jackson Smith and Jigba. And to the opposite end, the fact that Tyler Lockett can win at a high level mm-hmm. with DK Metcalf shows that Jackson Smith and Jigba can win at a high level as well. One of the best lateral movers in the draft. Great hands, great route runner. Um, should be a great 
quarter quarterback or receiver for the future quarterback, even outside of Geno Smith. But having a veteran presence like Geno, I wouldn't expect, you know, what stinks about getting a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, you would hope if he would have got a little bit higher draft capital sure. and went, went to a situation where he is like wide receiver one, wide receiver two out the gates. And unfortunately for him, he's going to come in as wide receiver three for that team for year one. But at the same time, you know, and if, if you're picking one three and outside you didn't trade for that pick, like maybe that's a good thing, right? Like, we have a strong class coming up next year in Superflex. We're going to have it, your Brock Bowers, Drake yeah. May, Caleb Williams, Travian Henderson, Marvin Harrison Jr., those five guys. Having Jackson Smith come in and kind of just learn the ropes and not produce right away is a good It's a good player for your team to put in a position to really take a big step forward next year to get one of those players I just mentioned. Jackson Smith coming in, come in that year. Tyler Lockett's going to be like 85 years old at that point, so it yeah. should be a good spot. Yeah, no, I definitely have some thoughts on on that landing spot with him. I really like it. We'll talk about it more uh, in the Nerd Herd episode, but I, I was excited uh, once I really sat down and, th- and thought through the the entire thing there. So here's where here's where things get oh, interesting. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I put myself in in a bad spot by saying like, Jared, you go first. I should have like thought through it better. And uh, I'm sitting here again, just waiting for you to pick, and I'm just going to pick <laughs> one of the two guys that you don't pick yeah, right here. Yeah. So a clear great. tier break, yeah. right? For like, clear tier we break. all agree like this is like a tier break in Superflex. Uh, so if you're looking to make a move, this is where it starts. Yep. When you're looking at proven assets. You want some people six. get real excited for one of these players still on the board. Yeah. And it might be, you're, you might be in best position going to your draft, whether it starts today, start today or tomorrow, to potentially move this pick. And again, we'll dive into that a little bit deeper in the next episode. So, so for me, uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with my board and in a real draft, I might try to trade down three spots or so. Uh, Cause I still think I might be able to get this player uh, in a few spots. And so I could pick up some extra draft capital in doing this. But in this, in this process, I want to make sure that I get my guy and I'm still taking Ty Spears here uh, with the, the seventh pick. Look, I heard it all weekend on Twitter. There's, there's injury concerns. Wrong. Like I get that there's injury concerns, there, there's always been injury concerns, but if the Titans feel good enough at three in the third round to take him, I feel good enough that they approve the medicals. That's all the approval you need. He got drafted in a third round at running back position. You know, I don't know if I should draft Brees Hall. He's got some injury concerns. Yeah. You know, I heard Saquon. He's had some injuries back in the day as well. I don't know. These knees are pretty, uh, pretty soft Iffy. these days. Iffy. Um, yeah. So I'm going back to my, my, my pre-draft process and there's a couple other players that are extremely close. Uh, so I could have taken a lot of other players and felt good about it, but, but I'm sticking with my pre-draft stuff and I'm going Spears. Are here. they as close as Jared and I? Uh, <laughs> are you guys closer than us? Don't be jealous. <laughs> Pretty close. I don't I, yeah, hold on. Check my leg on your leg. Who's close? Now he's up New York. Jared's almost in my lap. He'll get, he'll know if I get excited about a player or not. All right. So yeah, moving on from the Tajay Spears pick, I actually thought you were going to go somewhere else. So, um, I actually have Don't both the guys it. that yeah, I want. Both. Don't take who I want. I think you're going to end up with with who you want. It's all good. Okay. Um, with my pick, I'm going to take Devon A. Chain. I, no. You know, Oh, that is who you wanted? Yes. You don't, you don't know him at all. <laughs> I don't know you at all. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, great landing spot there in Miami. Uh, you know, the one question is always going to be about his size coming in, you know, under 190 pounds. But the the fit there, the scheme fit is just fantastic. And, and for me, I'm over the moon to get this guy at this point in the draft. Yeah, if Jared really was on my lip, he potentially could have got a little surprise. Is, <laughs> I mean, I would take an A-chain <laughs> over Spears, too. I mean, I just... Yeah. The, for me, I feel like really good about it. Surprise. Where like in a one QB league, I had it. I had my order of it was Bijan, 
JSN and Gibbs, but I said on the show, like, that's 50-50, either way it can go. And I had A-Chain at four. So I'm really happy with my pre-draft process that it comes out exactly the same mm-hmm. having A-Chain at four because the player I loved, and now, if you just said, Rich, what, which one of the, like, take A-Chain and put him in any offense in the NFL right now. Where do you want to put what him? Like, oh, put him in Miami, please. When, when the draft was happening, I was like, guys, Miami's on the board. He would be the perfect fit for the outside zone. He ran that in college. Like, it's it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, if you, you missed it here, uh, when A-Chain there, A-Chain got drafted here. There's about nine, eight of us here, and it was high five central. All around. Yeah. I mean, I even woke up from my little nap to high five somebody. You did. (laughs) His skill set is like. Perfect. Out of all the running backs. Well, I guess Gibbs would have been great there, too. But um, I mean, out of all the running backs available, A-Chain's skill set fits perfectly in the Dolphins scheme. So you like most wheels up. You'll like A-Chain. Yeah. You're up there, Kimasabi. Well, I think I'm going to. It's, it's between a tight end yeah. and a receiver here for yeah. me. Um, and I'm going to go with Jordan Addison. I think uh, the first-round draft capital and landing uh, with the Vikings is a really solid landing spot. Um, he's going to work opposite of Justin Jefferson, obviously, so he's going to be facing man-to-man or single coverage for the most part. Uh, and he's going to—he's he's a really good route runner. He creates separation. And going in, you know, we said he's going to be a really good wide receiver, too, on a team. Um, and this is this is the perfect spot for that. So this is a tremendous landing spot. Probably a safe, like what a safe player here again. Like in the middle of the road team, like you're probably getting low end wide receiver three, high end high end wide receiver two production here. So that's a great safe pick for me. I'm to the moon. Yeah, we're here because I would actually taken this player three spots higher, and that's Dalton Kincaid of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you've known how excited I have been about Dalton Kincaid. And for him to go to Buffalo, it's such a good spot. I mean, he gets a draft capital in the first round. He goes to Josh Allen. And maybe, you know, Josh Allen, he's not the most accurate where like ball placement quarterback in the NFL. But it doesn't matter with Dalton Kincaid because he has one of the best catch radiuses in this rookie class. He's got some of the best hands in this rookie class. He's growing at a rapid pace as a route runner. And there's such a clear path for him here within the next three years to potentially be the Travis Kelsey for Josh Allen, the number one weapon in this offense. And definitely in Buffalo, where you get these snow colder days and keep stuff short, flat in the flat, crossing routes, team routes. I mean, the Kincaid's really going to strive here. So already coming in, probably to overtake Gabe Davis. I expect Dalton Kincaid to be the number two weapon in that offense, passing offense. I'm the number one passing team pretty much in the NFL right out the gates. So there's a chance for Kincaid. We could see a shift here where the Kyle Pitts, after he scored his thousand yards, his rookie year, like the trade value went through the roof. Mm-hmm. We can see a tremendous shift here when it comes to ADP value jump, right? Like a lot of the guys we talked about so far, it's hard for me to see a huge jump after their rookie year in their ADP value. For the most times you usually see a dip and that's where it's a good move in dynasty where you buy these players that were first round picks the previous year that didn't produce year one because people are impatient to find value. I can see the absolute opposite with Dalton Kincaid. I can see him putting up 800 receiving yards his rookie year and coming in and finish as like tight end three, four overall. And people are going to literally lose their minds in the dynasty community at the value you can get here Dalton Cades. So I love the value here. Um, I, I'd almost be nervous enough where I, I'd want to trade up to make sure I get him over Addison. Should have traded you with Spears and then I could have got Spears. And you could have got Spears. And that's a move I would have made if I didn't yeah. give up t- nothing too crazy because yeah. with the way the second round's looking, you know, or the third round, if I had to give up a third or fourth to like to move up one spot, like I have no problem doing that to get my guy. And maybe your guy's not even Dalton Cade. Maybe your guy is Tajay Spears or Jordan Addison. You know what I mean? Like, this is a draft class where if you ended up trading for those second round uh, draft picks, like it might not be a bad idea to use some of that capital to move up and get your guy. Because every tier we step down, it's not like we're walking down safety steps, right? Like this is like, oh no, some of these steps are falling apart. You better take a big leap or you're going to fall through the crevice. 
Well, I keep getting stuck. I keep getting stuck at the tear breaks. I got stuck at the last tear break. I'm stuck at this tear break. I sound pretty teary about it. I am. I'm I'm, I'm teared up. Um, but I, uh, can we have a tear break here? Can we, can we all agree to that? It's like a tear break here. Oh, yeah. 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 I agree too. Tear break. Yep. So no, another tear break. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of receivers right in this, this range. This is where Spears should go. Would you stop? <laughs> Such a grouch. Uh, <clears throat> where are we at? Is this 11 he's picking? Right? Yeah. yeah pick and pick 11. Uh-oh. Um, I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. He was the next guy on my board. He gets the first round draft capital. And look, I know that Baltimore isn't the most exciting landing spot of all of these guys, uh, but he was my number two wide receiver going in. And, and that's something I really try to stick with year in and year out. My pre-draft process, if they still get good, good draft capital and it's still a decent landing spot, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my ranks roughly the same. I'm not going to change drastically. Um, and, and look, I know this isn't the best landing spot, but I don't think this is like puke central uh, with kind of like another guy we'll talk about later. Uh, I think with, with the new offense with Monken, I think we could see some good things. They need some guys that can stretch the field, get downfield, make some big plays, uh, do some things in the open field. I think he can do all of those things. Uh, it's close, but I'm, I'm going to go Zay Flowers here. Yeah. Upsides there with right. the players. Mm-hmm. Just like does it fit in the offense? That's yep. what that's what that's the biggest worry about you know Zay Flowers right now. It's like you love the player, you love like he does everything differently than like OBJ. Mm-hmm. You, we mentioned the other day like Devin Duvernay is the only player that's close, and there's even no guarantees a roster right. on that roster. So and we've seen Marquise Brown do roughly what he's going to do. Yeah. You know, so we've seen a player in that same mold. Interesting. Yeah, and um, for me, for me, I mean, you know. This is I like all the wide receivers that are kind of coming off the board soon, but for me, super flex tight end premium. I'm I'm gonna go Will Levis here um, with the twelfth pick. I just feel like he shouldn't slip out of the first round. He was a the, the second pick in the second round, and that holds value. I mean, I think you know we were talking about this kind of pre draft that what's the difference between you know Rich had the numbers and it's once you're out of the top ten, it's basically the same as as you know from eleven all the way to the end of the second round, and he was a high second round draft pick as far as hit rate. And high um, second round quarterbacks have a much higher hit rate than you'd be like than like lower guys and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, so and honestly, probably top ten NFL draft picks. So it, it is one of those things where you know I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a bet just on the position and, and the fact that we're super flex tight end premium, and I'm gonna go Will Le- uh, Levi's here. And they, tra- Levi's. And they trade up for him too, right? They went up and got him <laughs> they as did. well. Yeah. So that that holds some value. And you're right when you anytime you're in a position here at the back end of the first, right? Like whether you traded for that pick, you traded down, or you're a contender. The opportunity to get a young quarterback is so hard uh, in Superflex leagues to get these guys. So to be able to get one for literally just being for free for one year league, it's like a nice consolation prize. And you would much rather take the upside here of the quarterback than, you know, some of these receivers that have a lot of question marks. Right. Right. All right. Well, before we get to the second round draft choice and, and Jared will recap the entire first round for us real quick after, after this. But I do want to remind you guys about FFPC uh, launched in 2010. So it's been around for a little bit and it's as safe as they come for dynasty leagues. We are finally at the point where you are getting to draft these rookies that we've been talking mm-hmm. about for so long. Nothing would be worse than going in and, and three guys being like, uh, I don't want to play in this league anymore. My team's not very good. And the league just collapses and folds. And, and you never get to execute on all this draft capital you got. You don't have to worry about that on FFPC. Uh, best of all, you go there. Go to myffpc.com. Use promo code NERDS. You get $25 off any entry. That means if you want to do a $100 entry, cool. You want to do a $2,500 entry, 
Cool. It doesn't matter. You get $25 off no matter what. If you would like to play it a little more conservative, you want to be a high roller, doesn't matter. You can do it all over at FFPC. And they even have orphans available right now. So if you want to hop in, challenge yourself a little bit, you might even get a little bit of a discount on those teams. So go there. Promo code NERDS, $25 off any entry for new members. I was just messing around on the Dynasty Nerds app looking at all this, uh, the league analyzer. That's all I was doing. <laughs> that's where this alpha testing. This, flash. See, this is Dynasty Nerds flash. app. Did you just say alpha testing? Well, that's what I said. That's what Brian said the other day. Is, it, is it really called alpha testing or is it beta testing? Well, we're alpha testing. They can't hear him. So we got to. They can't hear him. Well, you're on the clock. I'm on the no, clock. He's on the clock. <clears throat> I'll, I'll recap the I'll, I'll recap the first round. Yeah, here. recap the first force real quick. All I'll right. let you know how I like the picks by my sound effects. All right, it's early in the morning. And my voice is like I keep clear my throat. This is the earliest we've ever recorded, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Normally we're like at the dead of night. Yep. Yeah, this is pretty. So early. Sorry all, for all the throat clears. I'm gonna try to edit them out. Apologies. Yeah, please edit those out. I don't want to hear that nonsense. One hundred and one. We had Bijan. One hundred and two. Anthony Richardson. One hundred and three. C.J. Stroud. One hundred and four. Bryce Young. Good pick. 105, <laughs> Jameer Gibbs. 106, Jackson Smith and Jigba. 107, Tajay Spears. 108, Devon A. Chain. Oh, I like that. 109, Jordan Addison. Uh, 110, Dalton Kincaid. That's where I thought you'd Yeah, no, no doubt. I thought oh, that. I thought that was Dalton Kincaid. No, no, that was Addison. I guess that was premature. <laughs> that was a little early. <laughs> you need to see a Typical. doctor. 111, Zay Flowers. 112, Will Levis. Oh, yeah. I am back on the clock at 201. Levis, Levi's. And so let's see where this depth got us, right? Let's see the accumulation second round picks. Let's see where, where some value we're getting here in the second round. Right. There's some value here. Yeah, right. so historically, day two running backs have about a 50-50 shot um, at hitting for a top 24 season. Um, and that's in their first year. So I am going to go with another day two back, and that is Kendry Miller, a guy that I was a little higher on than, than the consensus here on the podcast pre-draft. Uh, he lands at the Saints, who, you know, Kamara could be facing a suspension still. They brought in Jamal Williams, so still, you know, a, a, some competition there. But, you know, when you draft a running back on day two, you know, you, you draft them with a purpose. So I like him. I think he could be a three-down type back, possibly. He's got that skill set and size, so we'll see. I'm going to take the bet here. I like Kendra Miller. So Yeah, Kendra Miller, for, for me, falls in that category. The running backs got a significant bump in value overall when you're going to all these other players end up landed. Uh, I'm going to clock here at 2-2. And I feel pretty good about the value here, even on a player that I don't necessarily love, and that's Quentin Johnson. You know, it's a good pick. Getting a first-round pedigree, mid-first round there uh, with the L.A. Chargers. One, you got to love the situation with the quarterback. You got to love the clear path that Keen Allen's in his 30s. Mike Williams isn't too far behind him. They give the draft capital here, so he has a he has a chance to sit back and learn the NFL game, hopefully work on his hands uh, and learn how to play a little bit bigger. But you got to love the situation and the opportunity him to be in this offense and most likely be at least put in a position to be the number one option here, probably within the next two years. Mm -hmm. So getting him at the second round, I could easily see a ton of people draft him in the first round of their super flex drafts over guys. I was just going to say even, that. Even over Will Levis. Like, he'll probably get a bump here. And I'm okay with that. Like, but you just have to know the risk involved. As a podcast, we were more so down on Johnston. We were. Consensus, and I think it's important to state that don't expect Johnston to last this this long no. in your rookie drafts. Like, he's probably going to go mid-first. That's where I did a couple mocks mid to late first. I would I was going to say, I could see 108, 109 yeah. in that range. Yeah, being, I, I would have taken him over uh, Kendrick Miller, for example. <laughs> so I would have taken him right, there, like right around 2-1, like, and I probably would have taken him over 
Zay Flowers just because on the situation offense alone. And and not only just that, the quarterback situation and what's around him, uh, the ceiling's a little bit higher. The risk both kind of offset each other for me, so I'm going to take the bigger guy there. And mm-hmm. I'm, I, I feel I do for somebody who did not feel good about Quentin Johnson throughout this whole process, now that like, I'm actually on the clock here in a draft at 2-2, I actually feel pretty good about the pick. Yeah, Definitely know what's coming up behind me as well. Like That's, mm-hmm. a, that's another thing. I was like, oh, man, I'm so glad I'm in this tier where I'm getting some value at least and some good upside. Yeah, and it was between two guys for me. It was Johnston and the, and the guy that I'm going to end up taking here, Jonathan Mingo. Uh, Jonathan Mingo was a, a kind of a late riser in drafts uh, for a lot of people. Mm. Uh, we, you know, looking at the NFL draft, we were hearing often that the NFL is valuing him quite a bit. He's moving up NFL teams boards. He moved up my board. Well, not really. I didn't. I didn't watch his tape until like the very last uh, breakdown that we did, and I was relieved to have watched him because there were a lot of players that underwhelmed me. He was the one, one of the few that I was actually, I was, I was whelmed plus (laughs) I was, I don't know. I want to say I was overwhelmed, but I was whelmed plus, uh, Hmm. but John, Jonathan (laughs) Mingo, uh, got the great, uh, draft capital early second round. Uh, that, that was huge seeing that and goes to a spot where, there's not a ton of long-term competition for targets. I mean, he could really establish himself as early as this season as a guy that could, you know, be the the number one receiver on a team. And would it shock anyone if he ended up leading all the wide receivers in like receiving yards this year? I think it's in absolutely in the realm of possibility. It's definitely in the realms. You know, like Jordan Addison's going to give him uh, some, Addison will some be there. JSN will be in there, but I don't think JSN will really be in there for yardage wise because he does I, have a clear path. I He's a he big will. receiver that could be safe with Bryce Young, right? Like Bryce Young's going to get the ball out quick. We have to protect him early on uh, as well. So Jonathan Mingo could be tank something that comes for in sure. Produces said <laughs> tank tell. So I like Mingo. I was really torn between Mingo and Johnson. Yeah, I know. I like Mingo as well. Uh, I think it's a good pick here, obviously. Um, and and I think I actually have, yeah, I have Mingo above Johnston. So it, I do currently have him ranked higher too, but I still took Johnston. Yeah, I get it. I'm a flip-flopper. They're close. Yeah. Flip-flopper. It is, that one might tier. be. Yeah, that's what you do. Right. Um, that one might be tough. Like every single time you take that, you might think a little differently and take a, you know, take a different guy on, on different drafts and all that kind of stuff. Um, but with my pick, this is uh, kind of a, actually a difficult decision. I'm not really liking or loving anything that I'm seeing. Yeah, I finally got kind of screwed here, um, and I'm I'm grappling I'm grappling between you know a tight end here, which had really great great draft capital, or a running back who had good draft capital, but the situation I don't love. So um, I I think I'm just going to clear things up and and go with Sam Laporta because I just think it's a cleaner. Damn, I was hoping. Yeah, Same. I think it's just a cleaner pick. Um, I, I love the landing spot. They obviously don't have anyone else there um, in Detroit from the tight end position. They got rid of um, Hawkinson last year and, and really just didn't have anyone there to replace him towards the end of the season. We'll talk about him in the next episode a little bit more, too, because I got some stuff I got to say about Laporte, too. I'm really excited oh, about this. you say pick. it. Yeah, no, no, we'll, we'll save He's that. He's so good with the ball in his hands. He's such a weapon. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know we're going to save for the new. <laughs> oh, wait, All right, just go say. ahead. Right. And he's an Iowa tight end. You got to bet on him. That's, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to take, take the Iowa tight end here um, in the second round and, and feel pretty good about it um, and, and just leave somebody else with the, the crappy decision on the running back. Uh, so Jared, you're up. Yeah, this is this is tough. Um, and you know, I hate the Seahawks so much <laughs> <laughs> because they had to pick Zach Charbonnet in the second, and uh, after they have Kenneth Walker. So what are they doing? Uh, I think it just says that uh, they obviously have a plan and they like Wait, Charbonnet. Is, it, is this who you're taking? Yes. Oh, the bigger question is, what are you doing? 
I, I, I start I, calling you the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, <laughs> betting on my grades still. I mean, I like Charbonnet a lot as a player, and I think it tells us exactly what Seattle thinks, and they think he's... This is 2-5, right? I mean, at yeah, mid-second, you're, you're taking a guy that got drafted, a running back that got drafted in the second round. Like, I have one guy that would be close with him, but I, I get it. I don't think it's a bad pick. Yeah, I'm obviously low, after all our discussions over the weekend, I'm the lowest on Charbonnet, and I'll explain next episode. That was the other I mean, I get it. Saying, I love right? Kenneth he Walker was, just as yeah. much as the next guy, but I mean, obviously I think it's... Don't. Uh, I'm the next guy next to you. They obviously have a plan. <laughs> they took him in the second I'm round, the so they have right a plan here. for him. That should tell us what they, what, Rams what they took think. Two, two yeah. in the second I round. like to run the ball. And Chiefs took Clowers Lair in the first round. is a better pass catcher, and he's going to be better years. in the red zone because he's uh, just There's he's more adapted. He's a sneaky winner of the weekend. Clowers, I guess I just won't get to talk about my picks. Rich, you're on the clock. Oh, it's me as I talk over talk. Jared, explain that nonsense. Yeah, that's fine. No, that's fine. Um, so I'm on a clock here. That's fine. And you said it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it's fine that I talked over you. I'm, I'm torn between uh, you know a running back here who I think is in a really good opportunity just in their situation. But I'm going to stick with the tight end premium here. I feel like if I'm going to gamble on a running back, I could I could do that a little bit later um, or just move on it. But I'm going to take Michael Mayer. You know, I, I was a little bit lower on Mayer, and I, there's a part of me that was like, oh, when he didn't go in the first round, he wasn't even the first tight end taken. I felt good on our overall analysis because we had Michael Mayer as our fourth and fifth rookie tight end overall, and that's when I realized that Mayer is tight end one, and we're like, no, it's easily Dalton Kincaid, and then actually, like, you know, Darnell Washington, obviously, we didn't know about the health issues or medical. That's why he slipped so far, so he gets bumped down significantly, but Michael Mayer, I believe the Raiders moved up here to get him. I don't remember if they moved up or not, but e- either way, the Raiders are a great spot with Yeah, it's a really good spot with Michael Mayer. He literally went right after Sam Laporta uh, at 2-4, so he's got really good draft capital here with uh, the Raiders. They move up and get him again. I think they, Devontae, did, they did move up. I thought they, mo- I they, thought they moved up. With the Was it second or third, though? I thought I thought Mayer went in the third. It was no. a second round pick. No, Mayer went second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. He went 2-4. He yeah. went right after Laporta. Pick. Laporta went 2-3, mm-hmm. and he went 2-4. So he <laughs> went you know, borderline close to first round here, yeah. and he had a first round tape grade. And he's so safe, and he, you know, he has that like Chase, Jason Wynn body style. And what it really also helps me here is, you know, Hunter Renfro is safe in the flat, but he's almost thirty. Devontae Adams is almost thirty-one, and at least for this year, he's gonna be a real good safety net for Jimmy Garoppolo and his, you know, not so strong arm is the best way to describe him. So coming in, John, you know, in the, in this offense, we're 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 looking at a regime that's really kind of up against it as well. It's like they have, you know, there's a lot already talk about, you know, is Josh Patanos on the on the hot seat. There was talk about Nick Cesario possibly being out as a GM already for the Raiders. So like they've got to come in, they got to produce, and yeah, their picks right. have got to hit. So this is a really good investment for a tight end premium where maybe I'm not getting the the high end tight end one I want, but I feel at least I'm getting a mid-range tight end that can start in my flex spot in a super flex league and it's safe. Like I feel safe here. And I have a lot of questions. I almost want to go running back, but I feel like the safe picker and uh, tight end premium. If anything, I have a really good trade asset. Yeah. Yeah, I that, that leaves two running backs on the board for me that I think both of them don't have perfectly clean opportunities, but there's definitely a path for both of these guys to be fantasy relevant in the near future. Uh, I'm going to take the guy that I had uh, higher in my pre-draft process uh, and also got taken a little bit higher in the draft, and that's Tank Bigsby. Uh, he ended up going to Jacksonville, which I get it. It's not like the perfect landing spot because Travis Etienne's there. But what we've seen uh, so far is their, their propensity to want to use running back by committee. 
Uh, Peterson's always been that way when he spent his time in, in Philadelphia. And it looked like it was going to be that way last year with James Robinson the first few weeks. And then uh, I just – he didn't have it anymore with the, with the Achilles tear and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I think they do get back to some of that. I think we'll see Tank Bigsby a lot on early downs. And they'll use Travis Etienne more as the weapon that I think that they wanted to to use him as um, and, and let Tink Bigsby do more of the between the tackle stuff, more of the goal line stuff. And, and I think, I think we could see a very fantasy relevant season this year. Maybe not at the point where you're willing to start him in your RB two spot, but where you feel good about starting him in your, in your flex spot. Yeah. I like the value here where you're like, he's a really sneaky guy that clearly goes behind a number one guy that holds value that you're mm-hmm. like, wow. You know, like most people, cause I can see people envisioning letting Tank Bigsby sleep. Uh, slip because of Travis Etienne where like you mentioned like there's probably good value for him getting carries early throughout the game uh, he has a draft capital to kind of back it up that they do want to use him right. so out of all these guys that are going to kind of murky situations like he has a very clear path on a really good offense the least get touches and now it's on Tank to see what he could do with him wait so you like Tank but not Charbonnet uh, yeah because I don't know where Char- when Charbonnet is how many snaps he's going to get because he's behind the way better running back Etienne at first round capital yeah, but he plays. He, he's on a three down back. Kenneth Walker, that guy could play three downs. Mm. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about it next show. Quit being a premature we'll talker. Fight about it. <laughs> All right. And, and I'm kind of stuck again. I feel like, again, I, I don't love any this, of these. This is the stuck couch. Yeah, this is, we're getting, we're getting screwed over here yeah. over and over and over again. Um, so, I mean, do I go uh, a running back here or do I just go for a nice little safety? You want me to read net? who's available? No, I know who's available. Okay. <laughs> like, no, oh, I'm no, keeping I track over here sometimes. No, I know who's available. I'm good. Sheet, I'm good. So. Um, He's stupid. It's kind of douchey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, I'm looking at a couple of second-round wide receivers probably at this point, guys that um, – maybe weren't at quite as high on my board uh, to, to begin with, but they got really good draft capital. And I think there's at least enough there that I can warrant kind of looking at them right now. And even though Jaden Reed is higher than my, in my rankings, right this very second, as we speak, I think I'm going to go with the next guy, Marvin Mims. I just love the fact that, um, you know, Sean Payton drafted him. There's lots of rumors swirling around about the, the wide receivers there in Denver, uh, even if they don't go now, I think they're probably going to be gone, you know, by next off season. So Marvin Mims getting second round draft capital, I think is a nice spot for him. He's a explosive guy. And I just think he could be a guy that emerges probably not this year, but, but next year I think could be his kind of golden opportunity. Um, so I'm going to snag Marvin Mims here. Where are we at in the draft? Are we, that was the last pick of the second. Second round, yeah. So that's, No, that's, that was 208. Oh, that was so, 208. Yep. I'm, a, I'm a whole round of us early. Okay. Well, even, even still, I feel pretty good about getting a second-round wide receiver right now. Yeah, for sure. It's a good landing spot for Mims. Um, so I'm on the clock again here at 209, and I am going to stick to running back uh, – this is a guy who had a really good landing spot landing in Chicago. Okay. A guy I liked pre-draft. He was just above that 72-point threshold in the yeah. nerd score we talk about, Garrett. And he moved uh, up for you when you when you went back and watched him again. Yeah, that's Roshan Johnson. Uh, there's not a ton of competition there, uh, Not at least not high draft capital competition. Yeah. Uh, Khalil Herbert's a good back, and those two will complement each other well. So uh, I like Roshan here. I'll take the shot. Yeah, in the fourth round, so I was kind of leaning towards because I see him being a starter come day one mm. uh, there for Chicago. So it's a really good spot. I'm on a clock here. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm doubling down. I'm going tight end again. Uh, you know, 
everybody's always wondering what Green Bay is going to do when it comes to the pass catcher. They took Christian uh, Christian Watson high in the second round last year. And they actually took a pass catcher, a receiver in the second round this year as well. But before they did, they took a different pass catcher. And that was tight end Luke Musgrave. So... You know, not a ton of film on here, definitely with those injuries, but Luke Mesgrave's a big athletic tight end that can really stretch the field, uh, actually line up in the slot as well. I know they got Romeo Dubs. I know they draft Jaden Reed as well. But for me, this is, you know, they took him over the receiver, right? They had, they had an opportunity to get the receiver they wanted, but they took Luke Musgrave as their number two option. Jordan Love coming in. He's not a rookie, but, you know, his first year as a, as a bona fide starter. Christian Watts is a nice big deep threat, but Luke Musgrave again can fall in that safety net. You know, we all we see a lot of times these quarterbacks are looking for that safety net. Um, and Luke Musgrave's got the athletic ability and size to be that for Jordan Love. And in tight end premium, I, I say it all the time, like when when there's a question mark for me and somebody's got the draft pedigree and the film on top of that that I enjoy, I must look at the tight ends because mm-hmm. that's where the value is. I'd rather thin the market even thinner in my leagues and get abundance here and give me really good trade value and flex opportunity compared to some people that I just don't love. So Luke Musgrave is my pick. He was almost my pick where I where I went at eight. So yeah, it's I, I really like that. And we're almost at a tier like we're almost yeah. at like that for the tight ends. Like that's like okay, like mm-hmm. where are you going after this with the Darnell Washington dudes? Like <clears throat> right. it thins that group a little bit even more. Yep. Yeah, and and it does. It puts it puts me in a in a tricky spot here because there there's some players that I do like. Um. But I think I'm going to go back to the most valuable position in, in super flex drafts, and that's that's Hendon Hooker, uh, quarterback. He ended up going a little bit further down than I think we originally anticipated. There were some rumors swirling that he could possibly find himself in, in the first round. I don't think a lot of people thought that was really going to happen. I think round two was more what we assumed. He did end up slipping to round three, but he does have a shot on this team. And, and Jared Goff's situation was weird because we kind of talked about like, was he a winner? Was he not a winner? Because he got more assets in Laporta and Gibbs, but they drafted Hooker. So, you know, he kind of found himself in a weird predicament there. And look, if golf performs, there's no reason to go to Hooker. But if he starts to struggle, you know, here's a guy that should be more prepared and ready than most of the other quarterbacks in this class. I mean, he's 25 years old, so he could step in at any point and and take a job. So it's it's a little bit of a risk here. But anytime a quarterback hits, it more than pays for itself. It's tough. I'm tough on Hooker just because you're right. He goes in the third round, so he doesn't get that day two or that second round, round draft two. capital. Yeah. Jared Goff's in a real situation. It's like almost did they use this as like, okay, we want a really good backup. Is also like a power play towards Jared Goff to kind of help with that deal where he's Jared Goff's like, hey man, I'm in a really good situation. I'm already on my second team. The weapons they put around me with Sam Laporta, adding Jameer Gibbs on top of Jamison Williams and. Uh, I'm on right St. Brown. Like he might be one of those quarterbacks that takes less, a bit less yeah. to sign a long-term mm-hmm. deal. And even if it's not guaranteed money, so it really kind of push. And he's still young enough. I mean, he's what sure. three years he's older, probably than Hendon Hooker. Yeah, so he's like a couple years 29. older than Hendon Hooker. So I still believe that Jared Goff, like his numbers statistically wise, were really good last year. They were. Um, yeah. So I can easily see that them they work out a deal here with all these young weapons around him. They can afford to pay Jared Goff and make make it up where a contract where okay, four years down the road, maybe we could get a look at Hendon Hooker. But then at that time, he's twenty nine too, twenty eight years sure. old. So I get the pick and I get the upside here because if anything goes wrong with Hooker Goff at all, you're in a good spot. Right. I just kind of feel like I feel good about golf, which is weird to say. I, I guess that, and I like golf too. I feel like, like he's I would really good value. Yeah, I feel like he's really good value in Superflex <laughs> right now. So and they're putting some good stuff around him. He's, real good yeah, stuff. He, he wasn't. Yeah, Sam Laporta is real big for Jared Goff. Like that's a real good. He did a good job last year as well. I mean, it's not like he. I can't remember where he finished, but it was 
pretty high end type of quarterback too, at the very least, you know, based off my memory. Um, so yeah, he's a nice, he's a nice asset. He's a nice quarterback and very undervalued. Yeah. Jared Goff finished at, he finished, where'd I have, he finished right behind Daniel Jones, right ahead of Justin, uh, Justin Herbert. Finish out of Tom Brady, Rodgers, obviously Lamar and two over hurt, but Russell Wilson, what, like what spot? I mean, he was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Quarterback ten. Okay, so overall, so low end QB one. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's literally tremendous value because when, again, when we talk about the quarterback situation, even a low end quarterback gives you high end numbers. I mean, you're talking about a player that finished ahead of Josh Jacobs, Jared Goff by you know he had 200. I can't even see all his points. All oh, this is standard. I gotta go PPR. Well, let's not spend too much time on this because we got to get through the mock draft. Oh, yeah, yeah the next we're show. At I want to spend so much time Matt. on Jared Goff and we finish ahead of yep. Saquon Barkley. No, I think we're going to go into the third round. We're going to go third round. I think, I think yeah, we're going to go third. We've got some time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, and, and again, I think I'm going to go off, kind of off my board, which is going to make me go back and kind of readjust these rankings a little bit. Um, I'm just going to go high upside here. I feel like this point in the draft, might as well. I don't want to go uh, the Packers wide receiver. I was drafted in the second round just because I feel like who knows when he's going to get an opportunity. Um, and just in general, that offense is kind of in flux. So I'm, I'm going to go Rashi Rice here. Um, Chiefs straight, you know, uh, draft him in the second round. He was a guy that was a little bit Traded lower up for him. Yeah, he was a little bit lower on, on my board coming into this process. Um, but that kind of draft capital trading up and just the, the potential upside of this player uh, mm. right now is just, it's too juicy. It's too hard to pass on. So I'm going to go Rishi Rice. Yeah, I was, I was super low on Rice, but you can't deny the draft capital in the landing spot. So it's pretty um, nice. And last pick of the second round. I mean, wh- why not? <clears throat> Obviously, shoot, shoot for the upside here. I missed something there in my evaluation. So I got to go back. One of those guys, you'll go back into the film sure. room and, and watch. Um, yep. All right. So I'm on the clock here. 301. I think I'm going to go Jalen Hyatt. Uh, I liked him pre-draft. I think there's a lot of tools there to work with. Extremely fast, really good hands. I think he could use some coaching and development. And uh, he lands in New York with with Daniel Jones and the Giants. So, uh, you know, if they can get him coached up, there's there's some good opportunity there. They need receivers. So I'll go ahead and take Hyatt here at the start of the third round. For being down on a lot of these back-end picks, I feel really good here at 3-2, the player I'm going to get. I'm getting Cedric Tillman. I know I was higher mm-hmm. on Cedric Tillman than uh, the rest of you guys. I had I like him, I, I had him pretty high uh, in my overall process, right around like wide receiver five, right receiver six. I said at one point I'd probably take him over uh, Quentin Johnson at one point is what I said. And, you know, for the Cleveland Browns, it, I think this kind of clearly shows that Donovan Peoples-Jones is not in the future for the Cleveland Browns. I know they trade for Elijah Moore. They have Amari Cooper. But Cedric Tillman just wins completely different. And they needed that guy um, who can not just only stretch the field, but they, they not only get a guy who has good speed, they have good hands, and he's got size, which is the other receiving core that the rest of the receivers don't have. I'm not sure about the speed. Three. I'm not sure about the speed. I, I thought he was fast, fast enough the for size. me. I thought he was fast enough for me okay. to really play on the outside and be a true X where they have a really, they have sure. two really good route runners, Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper, David Njoku, so a red zone threat. Uh, a team that all the talk is like, this team's really going to open up the offense this year. Sure. It'll be drastically sure. different than we saw last year. Let Deshaun Watson try to get back into the flow of things. And I think Cedric Tillman's not really a good asset to talk about this year, but entering a 2024 season, he might be in position to be the number two potential number one big threat on that team, depending on what happens with Amari Cooper, who's also getting closer to that 30-year age. This might be a patient pick, but any pick in the third round, you're talking patient. So you're really looking upside here mm-hmm. going forward. Not something you can really utilize year one or potentially year two. We're thinking big picture here, and this is where everybody should start looking upside. So for me, it's Cedric Tillman. Yeah, no, I agree. This is definitely upside range. Um, and it's funny because I'm about to take a player that originally I was like, 
he has a higher floor than most, but I don't know about the ceiling. But at this point, like compared to some of these other guys, I actually do like where his ceiling is. It was when we thought he was going to go early second round, maybe even late first round, that his ceiling didn't look as good as others. But if I'm getting him in the third round, I like Josh Downs here. Uh, we're talking about a really good route runner, somebody that that just figures out ways to get open. Uh, I thought he was going to go in the second round. He ended up going in the third round. Uh, did go to a Colts, so, uh, you know, an ascending offense. We don't know what it's going to look like with Anthony Richardson. We, we really don't. This could end up being, you know, the one of the better offenses in football when it's all said and done. Uh, you know, we're looking three, four years from now. It could be, you know, a complete dumpster fire. It's, it's really difficult to say what's going to happen, but he could be a great underneath option consistently for Anthony PPR. Richardson. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if they scheme him correctly, complete offsets what Michael Pittman does completely. If they want to keep things short and sweet for Anthony Richardson early, mm-hmm. Josh Downs is in position to, to win the most of that. So from a PPR standpoint, he might you know, he might, he might not break 1,000 yards, which I'd be hard for him to do, but he might catch 90 footballs, sure. which sure. gives him value. In a few years. And, that, and that's yeah. low-end wide receiver two, mid-range wide receiver two, you know, without the yardage and probably won't get the touchdowns as well because Anthony Richardson's going to gobble those up with Jonathan yeah. Taylor and, of course, Pittman there. But in the third round, this is something you feel like, hey, he's going to be on my roster for the next 10 years. And, and that's, I mean, Josh Downs, I was a little bit lower than you guys were on him. But even at the, I mean, at this point in the draft, I think this is a great pick. I mean, he's obviously going to slide into the slot there. You know, they got Alec Pierce. They've had, they have Pittman on the outside, two really big giant guys that are right. good at getting downfield, good at out-muscling guys, and all of a sudden this little jitterbug comes in and, and just is kind of toasting dudes underneath, and I think that's sure. going to be his kind of role there with the Colts. So I think it's a good fit uh, for fantasy. You know, he's a talented enough player that he could carve something out eventually. So why, why not at this point? You know sure. what I mean? I, I do like that spot. Um, it really puts me in a little bit of a pickle again. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Is that where you're going to go? Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to maybe do that, but I'm going like to go Jaden Reed. I'm going to go. You're finally going to take him. You're talking I'm, about him for like three rounds. <laughs> but for like three rounds, I've, I've been debating it or three picks. So I'm, I'm finally going to take him. Jaden Reed, uh, second round pick of Packers. Um, short, stocky, stockier type of guy, 187 pounds, uh, you know, quick in and out of cuts. He's going to be a slot guy, you know, uh, what else can you say? He, he got better draft capital than I thought he was going. Absolutely. To. I think that's why I'm taking him here instead of like the fourth round. So, uh, you know, uh, Jaden Reed, I know who you're taking, I'll take a shot. On <laughs> I know. I would bet so much money. I already money. had it in there, and I showed Rich. He smiled I, at I me. Bet, I would bet so much money on this pick. Go ahead. Take I already it. know who you're, you're taking. You're taking Tank Dell. Tank yeah, Dell. Come got, on, I man. have to here. You have yeah. to. I mean, it's a good pick. He's got day two draft capital, lands in a spot that there's not much target competition. I mean, there's old man Robert Woods. There's John Mechus. He he did, did make a full recovery from cancer, so that's great to hear. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think Dell's a better better player than Mechie. Um, and then Nico Collins obviously plays that yeah. outside role. I think Dell's going to be more of a slot. Sure, but H- pairing, Hutchinson ended up getting drafted there too, right? Uh, yeah, he may have. Yeah, yeah, I think like, but like fifth, sixth round. Yes, um, I yes. think Dell's just round. a guy that gets open. Obviously, he's the butt of many rich stats and short jokes, <laughs> and uh, rightfully so. I don't draft players that could hide behind fire hydrants, <laughs> but uh, he just he's. He's able to separate, man. And I think pairing him up with CJ Stroud is a great pairing. And in the third round is more like game theory. Like I wanted to take him earlier, but I know he's going to fall in the draft. So I'm not right. going to, you know, I'm going to take someone else that. I'm going to overdraft him if you don't have I, to. I also want. Right, exactly. And so. this is what, pick three, five? Three, five. Yep. Yeah. So take Dell. 
No. Yeah, I'm in a really gross situation here. I mean, this is where this draft, I mean, right. we're talking about plummeting guys here. You're, you're literally, if there's any trade, like at this point in the draft, if I could trade my third with a spot next year for a team that like that has a bad team for their third the following year, or maybe a second, I could get my third and fourth here and get their second next year, even if it's a contending team, uh, where they, oh, it's a late second. Like I'm doing that all day here because I'm, I'm getting out of it. It's getting ugly. Um, it's getting ugly quick. For <laughs> me, I, I'm going to take a player that I liked a lot pre-draft process. I don't know what these medical records are that are coming bad, but I'm taking mm-hmm. Darnell Washington still got third round draft pedigree uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they got Pat Fryermuth, but I mean, when you're talking about different tight ends, Pat Fryermuth and Darnell Washington, Washington are two completely different tight ends. Washington is a massive uh, receiver. We don't know what's going on uh, in the passing game, but another safety net for uh, Kenny Pickett. And yeah, do I like Pat Firemouth? Yes. Do I like George Pickens? Yes. Do I like Deontay Johnson? Yes. And where do the target shares come for a guy who is already the number two tight end on his own team that didn't produce a lot? I don't know. But here at the back end of this, in a, in a, <laughs> throughout the tight premium, know. like I liked the minimal tape I saw of Darnell Washington. So <clears> there's a path here that where he could overtake Firemouth. And two years down the road, maybe he's a number two option after they let Deontay Johnson walk and they have George Pickens as their number one receiver. So there's a path here. I don't love the pick, but again, when I'm when I'm in this position, I'm looking at my league settings and I'm grabbing value at the premium positions. And here's a premium position because I almost went premium position other way. I'm actually going to go Darnell Washington because he's the last like, you know, it, it's like a dirty piece of like money, but it's still money. I get it. Um, I'm literally like updating my rankings as we're talking because I realized I would take this guy higher than I actually originally had him ranked. And partly, you know, you mentioned game theory, and that's something that, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about a little bit more this summer. Uh, but when I get into these later rounds, these third rounds, these fourth rounds, I, I typically like to try to take running backs over these late round receivers because all it takes is an injury to this guy, a trade from that guy, you know, just whatever. And then all of a sudden, these running backs pop up, gain value. Even if it's a short window value, they gain value. You can make trades. You can do different things with these guys. And it was somebody that I had ranked fairly high as in the pre-draft process. I wish he would have gone earlier than the sixth round. Quit teasing us. But Dwayne McBride. Uh, I like Dwayne McBride. I, <clears throat> I liked some of the things he could do. Uh, and, and, I, and I wasn't alone in this. You know, you looked at Daniel Jeremiah's uh, top five. He was his fifth ranked running back. Uh, or, or sixth, Mel Kuyper had him in the exact same range. Love him with Madison or anybody else that they get in there as a big back. He's very shifty. He, yeah. There's definitely a role for him there by 2024. Exactly, mm-hmm. and, and we have no idea what's going on with Cook. And and so if he ends up being the RB2, which is in the realm of possibility, all it takes is one injury, and all of a sudden he's the guy. So. Yep, absolutely. And you're leaving me with absolute crap, so I'm just <laughs> going to take the quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. I think the Raiders, you know, from all reports, they really like this guy. Yeah. He's a fourth-round draft pick. It's a premium position. Rich kind of alluded to it. Did he take? Uh, with his last O'Connell. pick. Um, Damn, that's what I was almost taking over. Uh, that's what I almost took. But, I mean, it, you know, out of the guys that have a, a shot to maybe sometimes, you know, at some point grab a starting gig, it's him. You know what I mean? And it's the rest of the guys that are on this list – they really don't. Yeah. Uh, so Aiden O'Connell at least has a path to become a starting uh, quarterback here. And in Superflex tight end premium, you have to at least 
recognize that at some point, and I'm going to do that right here. Fourth round draft pedigree, you don't love it, but I got to say, this is one of my favorite sneaky picks in your entire rookie draft. Here in the third round where I'm looking, I thought about taking him over Darnell Washington, but I honestly thought I could just wait on him because this, there's a lot of smoke going into this draft process over the last couple of weeks coming out that the Raiders really liked Aiden O'Connell and love his quick release and how, and how smart he is with the football. And there's a clear path with Jimmy Garoppolo when he's your starting quarterback, not finishing the season or missing a couple of weeks. And you can literally see another San Francisco situation come out where Aiden O'Connell comes in, quick release, comes <laughs> comes out, gets the ball, those good weapons that he has already to be safe with Josh Jacobs, and kind of hold that job down, maybe like and maybe in a Davis Mills kind of way or whatever, but still produce in a super flex quarterback position that gives you the points in production. And it instantly goes from, hey, I drafted him here at the back end of the third, right. that you can get like a high second round pick or higher uh, pick that you drafted him with. So I think Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell is a perfect pick. <laughs> slow down. You slow down. I'm trying to get Peter, it. Drive back to Ohio. Make, uh, you want to make my pick? Yeah. Come around the couch. Did we say we're recording? We're actually recording in New York. Yeah, we're recording in New York. We had our big annual Dynasty Nerds meeting as we get ready to uh, release the Dynasty Nerds app here. Um, so you're on so the clock here. We had, we had a team okay. here. And Peter. At 309. Uh, going to make our pick. It's got to be Tyler Scott, man. Tyler Scott. He's so good. So fast. Okay. For the Bears. Stretch the field for the Bears. That, that was going to be my pick, so I like it. Yeah, yeah, good good landing spot there. I think, you know, they're, they're in need of pass catchers. So uh, a guy we liked pre-draft, we were surprised yep. to see how much he fell. Um, Garrett, I mean Rich, on to you at 310. This is my last pick. So I'm going to take Kayshawn Booty. Uh, you know, somebody I know, It's there. there's a lot of uh, questions about his attitude, his commitment. But even though he goes in the sixth round, he goes into a really good spot for him because then he may going to take his BS and really kind of grind into him and kind of get, one, he gets a reality check going to sixth round, right? But going to New England, going with Bill Belichick, like there's going to be no nonsense there. And if there is that nonsense, we're going to find out pretty quickly because he'll be off the team. So I'll know what I have here to back in the third. Somebody who had an 18-year-old breakout age, real good production early on, and then kind of just kind of didn't really put together on a team that does need wide receiver help. So there's a clear path for him. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Booty's at some point usable. And again, booty. at the back end here, like, we, like Garrett said, he's looking for upside at running backs. I found one of the very few guys left that offers upside at the receiver position with a path. So... Going back to the Debbie circles and, you know, a couple of years ago, Keyshawn Booty was considered somebody to be, you know, rookie pick 1-1 at some point in these rookie drafts. So to get him here in a good situation, like if he would end up like Charlie Jones and the Bengals or something, mm-hmm. like he's off my board. But with the situation, the head coach and the talent that could potentially come to the top, which I don't necessarily believe <clears> will, <throat> but the opportunity, that's my best bet here at 310. Swinging for the fences. Love a good booty with upside. <clears throat> Squeeze it. <laughs> All right. Um, remind me real quick. Luke Musgrave. He went. What was, what was the injury concerns on him? He left. I, I he's know he's gone. gone. I uh, know, but okay. what was the injury concerns on him? Uh, he had an ankle injury, I think, going into what caused him to miss the game where he had two touchdown catches. I think it was the ankle was the last he's ankle. Knee, okay. He had a knee injury. I was yeah. trying to remember. Was it a knee injury? Yes. Okay, which which is even a little bit more scary. Um, the, the Packers didn't just draft one tight end. They drafted two. Uh, and they took one just a round later. Uh, and a guy that I actually had, I think, higher than probably consensus. The injury, yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft, uh, South Dakota State. He, you know, there's, there's a lot of parallels, obviously, with him and, and Dallas Goddard. Uh, but, but there's a lot of the same, like, 
physical attributes between yeah. the two players as well. He's a big player, right? um, so he's a big physical guy that we've seen this happen where, you know, two players get drafted from the same position and then years later it's the second guy that actually ends up being the stud over the first guy. We even saw it with the Packers a few years back with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. So it would not shock me in the least uh, if he ended up becoming you know, the, the main tight end here. Uh, and especially at this point, even, you know, even if it doesn't, okay, it's a late third round, but the upside of what could be is 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 more than enough for me to take him here with third dra- third round draft capital. Matt, with the final pick. Oh, with the, the third round. Pick. I'm the not, Dyson Nerds. It's the final <laughs> Right after the NFL draft. Go with our guy. What? Oh, pass. Oh. What'd you say? Go with our guy. Which, which one's our guy? Evan Hall. I, I'm looking between him and uh, a Banacanda, and I think I'm going to go okay. Banacanda. Okay, yeah. I mean, I like I like Evan Hall. I, I really do. I think the Colts is a nice landing spot, but I, I'm going to go Izzy. Uh, you know, he's a bigger back, 20 years old, and you just you just never know. Like you were mentioning earlier with the running backs, there could be a slew of injuries. Maybe Brees Hall has a little setback and doesn't start the year um, coming off the ACL. I'm going to go a band of Canada here with the JTS. And listen, we're Jets, the dynasty community. Jets, Most of them are Jets. going right. We talk about all the time where we go left. And Abacondo was one of those guys that we went left on. Quinn Johnson, obviously, at a good spot. Like, a lot of this, you know, Michael Mayer, like, it kind of panned out. Like, the draft order, like, you know, if you did it, if you have to wait too early, like, oh, I love Abacanda's size and speed and got excited about his pro day. It's not the prettiest of spots, but he's got the speed where, like, you just need him to get a couple touches a game, and at any point he could break it one off. So right. that's it. We're going to jump into our Nerd Herd show, uh, kind of break down this, some of these players a little bit more in depth who we like. Some players, we're going to talk about players that won that aren't rookies as well. Uh, glad we were able to get a show out here in New York before the NFL, you know, before your rookie drafts. If your draft started today, you still got the show. Um, the first round should be pretty easy for you. It starts to get a little murky in the second round. As we jump to this Nerd Herd episode, like I mentioned earlier, if you want to get that and all the tools that we have to offer at Dynasty Nerds, make sure you get the underdog. Use that promo code NERDS. All you got to do is deposit $10. You get us for a year. And you get this bonus uh, podcast as well where we give you another hour of our opinion and help you dominate your fantasy football leagues. We'll be back next week back in Ohio. Back in Ohio. What we're talking about, I don't know yet, but you'll find out. Adios.